Chapter Thirteen of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen: My First California Camp Meeting. A California camp meeting I had never seen, and so when the eccentric Dr. Cannon, who was dentist, evangelist, and many other things all at once, sent me an invitation to be present at one that was soon to come off near Vallecito in Calaveras County, I promptly signified my acceptance and began preparation for the trip. It was in 1856 when we occupied the parsonage in Sonora that had been bequeathed to us in all its peculiar glory by our bachelor predecessors. It had one room which served all the purposes of parlor, library, dining room, and boudoir. The bookcase was two dry good boxes placed lengthways, one above the other. The safe or cupboard was a single dry goods box nailed to the redwood boards of which the house was built with cleats for our breakfast, dinner, and tea sets, which, though mentioned here in plural form, were singular in more than one sense of the word. The establishment boasted a kitchen, the roof of which was less than the regulation height of the American soldier, the floor of which was made by nature, the one window of which had neither sash nor glass, the door of which had no lock, but was kept shut by a small leather strap and an eight-penny nail and its successors. The thieves did not steal from us, they couldn't dear old cabin on the hillside it brings up only pleasant memories of a time when life was young and hope was bright when we closed the door of the parsonage and sitting behind mccarthy and cooper's two-horse team one a beautiful white the other a shining bay dashed out of town in the direction of the bold and brawling stanislaus no fear was felt for any valuables left behind the prancing of that spirited white horse on the narrow grade that wound its way a thousand feet above the bed of the river was a more serious matter, suggesting the possibility of an adventure that would have prevented the writing of these sketches. The Stanislaus, having its sources among the springs and snows of the Sierras, was a clear and sparkling stream before the miners muddied it by digging its banks and its bed for gold it cuts its way through a wild and rugged region dashing foaming fighting for its passage along narrow passes where the beetling cliffs and toppling crags repel the invasion of a human foot it seems in hot haste to reach the valley and fairly leaps down its rocky channel in high water it roars and rushes with terrific violence but it was behaving quietly as we passed it keeping within its narrow channel along which a number of patient chinamen were working over some abandoned gold diggings wearing satisfied looks indicating success success is the rule with the chinaman he is acquisitive by nature and thrifty from necessity he has taught the conceited americans some astonishing lessons in the matter of cheap living but they are not thankful for the instruction nor are they disposed to reduce it to practice they are not yet prepared to adopt asiatic ideas of living and labor the contact of the two civilizations produces only friction now what the future may bring forth i will not here prophesy as this has properly nothing to do with the camp meeting 
an expected circus had rather thrown the camp meeting into the background the highly colored sensational posters were seen in every conspicuous place and the talk of the hotel keepers hostlers and straggling pedestrians was all about the circus the camp meeting was a bold experiment under the circumstances the campground was less than a mile from vallecito a mining camp whose reputation was such as to suggest the need of special evangelical influences it was attacking the enemy in his stronghold the spot selected for the encampment was a beautiful one on a gentle slope in the midst of a grove of live oaks a few rude tents were pitched with sides of undressed redwood and covered with nothing so that the stars could be gazed at during the still hours of the cloudless california summer night the preacher's stand was erected under one of the largest of the oaks in front of which were ranged rough backless seats for the accommodation of the worshippers a well of pure water was close at hand and a long table composed of undressed boards was spread under clustering pines conveniently situated nobody thought of a tablecloth and the crockery used was small in quantity and plain in quality during the first day and night of the meeting small but well-behaved audiences waited upon the word manifesting apparently more curiosity than religious interest the second night was a solemn and trying time the crowd had rushed to the circus three or four preachers and about a dozen hearers held the campground the lanterns swung in the oaks gave a dim uncertain light the gusts of wind that rose and fell and moaned among the branches of the trees threatening their extinguishment every moment one or two of the lights flickered out entirely increasing the gloom and the weirdness of the scene it was a solemn time the sermon was solemn the hearers were solemn and there was a solemnity of cadence in the night wind everybody seemed gloomy and discouraged but the irrepressible canon he was in high glee the lord is going to do a great work here he said at the close of the service rubbing his hands together excitedly what makes you think so the devil is busy working against us and when the devil works the lord is sure to work too the people are all at the circus tonight, but their consciences will be uneasy the holy spirit will be at work with them tomorrow night you will see a great crowd here and souls will be converted perhaps there were few that endorsed his logic or shared his faith but the result singularly verified his prophecy the circus left the camp the reaction seemed to be complete a great crowd came out the next night the lights burned more brightly the faithful felt better the preachers took fire penitents were invited and came forward for prayers and for the first time the old camp meeting choruses echoed among the calaveras hills the meeting continued day and night the crowd increasing at every service until sunday many a wandering believer coming in from the hills and gulches had his conscience quickened and his religious hopes rekindled and the little handful that sung and prayed at the beginning of the meeting swelled to quite an army on sunday bishop cavanaugh preached to an immense crowd that eloquent kentuckian was in one of his inspired moods and swept everything before him for nearly two hours he held the vast concourse of people spellbound and toward the end of his sermon his form seemed to dilate 
his face kindled with its pulpit radiance and his voice was like a golden trumpet amens and shouts burst forth all around the stand and tears rained from hundreds of eyes long unused to the melting mood california had her camp meeting christening that day attracted by curiosity a digger indian chief with a number of bucks and squaws had come upon the ground the chief had seated himself against a tree on the outer edge of the crowd and never took his eyes from the bishop for a moment i watched him almost as closely as he watched the bishop for i was curious to know what were the thoughts passing through his benighted mind and to see what effect the service would have upon him his interest seemed to increase as the discourse proceeded at length he showed signs of profound emotion his bosom heaved tears streamed down his tawny cheeks and finally in a burst of irrepressible admiration he pointed to the bishop and exclaimed capitaine capitaine the chief did not understand english what was it that so stirred his soul was it the voice the gesture the play of feature the magnetism of the true orator the good bishop said it was the holy spirit the wind that bloweth where it listeth the sunday night service drew another large audience and culminated in a great victory the singing and prayers were kept up away beyond midnight the impression of one song i shall never forget the bishop was my bedfellow we had retired for the night and were stretched on our primitive couch gazing unobstructed upon the heavenly host shining on high hark listen to that song said the bishop as a chorus in a clear bugle-like voice floated out upon the midnight air the words i do not clearly recall there was something about the sweet fields of eden on the other side of jordan and a chorus ending in hallelujah i seemed to float upward on the wings of that melody beyond the starry depths through the gates of pearl until it seemed to mingle with the sublime doxologies of the great multitude of the glorified that no one can number what opera can equal that there is a religious melody that has a quality of its own which no art can imitate the bishop's thought was not new but i had a new perception of its truth at that moment one of the converts of this camp meeting was levi van slyke a wilder mustang was never caught by the gospel lasso excuse this figure it suits the case he was what was termed a capper to a gambling hell in the town tall excessively angular jerky in movement with singularly uneven features his face and figure were very striking he drifted with the crowd to the campground one night and his destiny was changed he never went back to gambling his conscience was awakened and his soul mightily stirred by the preaching prayers and songs amid the wonder and smiles of the crowd he rose from his seat went forward and kneeled among the penitents exhibiting signs of deep distress an arrow of conviction had penetrated his heart and brought him down at the foot of the cross there he knelt praying the services were protracted far into the night exhortations songs and prayers filling up the time 
Suddenly Van Slyke rose from his knees with a bound, his face beaming with joy, and indulged in demonstrations which necessitated the suspension of all other exercises. He shouted and praised God, he shook hands with the brethren, he exhorted his late associates to turn from their wicked ways. In fact, he took possession of the campground, and the regular program for the occasion was entirely superseded the wild vallecito boys were awestruck and quailed under his appeals van slyke was converted a brand plucked from the burning no room was left for doubt he abandoned his old life at once soon he felt inward movings to preach the gospel and began to study theology he was a hard student if not an apt one and succeeded in passing the examinations which in those days were not very rigid and in due time was standing as a watchman on the walls of zion he was a faithful and useful minister of jesus christ there was no backward movement in his religious life he was faithful unto death taking the hardest circuits uncomplainingly always humble self-denying and cheerful doing a work for his master which many a showier man might covet in the day when he will reckon with his servants he traveled and preached many years a true soldier of jesus christ he died in great peace and is buried among the hills of southern oregon an episode connected with this camp meeting was a visit to the big tree grove of calaveras every reader is familiar with descriptions of this wonderful forest but no description can give an adequate impression of its solemn grandeur and beauty the ride from murphy's camp in the early morning the windings of the road among the colossal and shapely pines the burst of wonder and delight of some of our party and the silent yet perhaps deeper enjoyment of others as we rode into the midst of the titanic grove all this made an experience which cannot be transferred to the printed page the remark of the thoughtful woman who walked by my side expressed the sentiment that was uppermost in my own consciousness as i contemplated these wonders of the almighty's handiwork god has created one spot where he will be worshipped and it is this End of chapter thirteen